we all have fears with money. There's so many fears with money, but if you could put just one thing on the table of what scares you about money or even used to scare you and doesn't scare you anymore. I would say it's that money would change me and that I would become less empathetic, that it would become the more important thing in my life. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachelle Minnie and I am the founder of Her Money Club. And the intention for these beautiful discussions is to really collect women's stories of how they've overcome various challenges related to money and to life and that journey that it unfolds between the two, life and money. In Her Money Club, we talk a lot about aligning the money strategy and the life purpose to create a thriving life. And that is a process. It's a very process-driven part of our journey that maybe not all of us get to hear about or discuss with one another. So as we collect pieces of this journey to expand us all into what is actually possible for our lives, we are on this adventure together. These stories will support you in that journey. These stories are from incredible women who have had these obstacles, who have overcome, and some are still in it. Some are still really working through how they're going to overcome these obstacles along the way. So just know that you're not alone. We are here doing this together. And it's so important that we have each other to hold each other accountable to the goals that we have set up for ourselves and for our own lives. Now with that, I hope you enjoy the adventure we have ahead and enjoy these stories that we have prepared for you. Today, we have an amazing story to share with Anna, and she is going to share more of her money story. Anna, would you just share with everyone who you are, where you're from, and what you are up to in the world? Hello, everyone. My name is Anna Mancias. I am uh, an Army veteran. I'm from Texas mostly, and I'm also a below-knee amputee for um, since 2014. I went on to be a paratriathlete after that. I'm a proud employee of uh, the VA in Denver in the prosthetics department. Beautiful, beautiful. So I want to dig in a little bit to some of your passion project that you're up to, but also before the passion project started. So tell everyone a little bit about what was going on in your mind as we started to uncover your passion project, like what was going on in your life, what was working, not working, that kind of thing. The conversation started uh, between Rachelle and I when I recognized that I wanted to build, you know, financial stability in my life. And at the same time, as this kind of like a side thing, I'd spent most of my life kind of pushing against these norms, whether they were, it was in the army and about what a female military person would be, as well as an amputee. Um, I encountered some really well-meaning people who I'm still wearing heels to work every day. Okay. Because Honestly, that in itself is a sport. Seriously, that's what I tell people. Like, <laughs> you really have to have some specific muscles to wear heels every day, especially when you're missing half of your leg. So, and people recognize that and they're really, really kind to me. And they'll, you know, say, Oh, it's great. You know, you're still beautiful, they'll say. And I know that it's well meaning and I appreciate it, but I just know there has to be a way to communicate the appreciation from one woman to another woman in her strength without framing it in a way that 
assumes that you don't already feel confident and already feel beautiful. Those were some of the discussions that Rachel and I would have, you know, how was your day? And I'd be like, well, you know, this happened to me. And it's been such a great journey so far. One, to realize that I could marry those two missions together. One, um, creating, you know, financial awareness and stability in my life, as well as make an attempt to communicate this idea of creating a community of women who feel confident and comfortable complimenting each other when they see see something that they notice that they want to compliment and two doing it in a way uh, that can really resonate with the person that builds that with the intention you know that that intention is received i love that and what i'm hearing you describe is really first and foremost, self-compassion, right? Having enough compassion for ourselves to love ourselves enough as we are and not define it as you had mentioned, like, oh, you're still beautiful, even though something else isn't right. And so that starts within our own dialogue in our head, but then it also transpires into the communication we have with one another, especially as women. So I want to go back to before even a little bit further, like our first couple of conversations that we had, because what I really recognized in you is this almost like desire for self-compassion, but like being stuck and not knowing how to give yourself that. Does that resonate with you at all? Do you remember what that felt like and how did you kind of move yourself into that self-compassion? Absolutely. It was such a paradox, you know, coming from a paratriathlete world, picking out my Paralympic uniform at one point, but being completely disabled, like feeling very enabled despite my physical disability, feeling very capable, but feeling completely incapable in the kind of financial world and understanding and feel feeling confident to make decisions, um, to make my own decisions and, and that they would be the right decision. I struggled with that a lot when we first met was to recognize that I do know what's best for me. And that if I trust myself, that those opportunities will come to fruition. Um, And I have seen that. It's been this incremental process where, you know, like you said, it started off with you kind of telling me, hey, Anna, if you're open, this will happen. And I have to put it in the context of, of my world, which is, wait, you're right. When I was in basic training, I didn't know I had physical capabilities, but you know, no one else was trying. So what do I have to lose? And I found out that I excelled in physical, but only because I gave myself that opportunity and I pushed myself to do it. And then again, in doubting myself in in these big decisions, is this the right thing? Paratriathlon, again, that was just something I wasn't sure about. The opportunity was there. I did it. And I learned so much from it. Do I want to do that forever? No, I am for both experiences, the army and paratriathlon, I succeeded where I did not think I would. And I gained so many skills along the way, like life skills, which have translated, you know, I've been able to draw from those skills to apply in these situations. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was such, like I said, it was such a paradox and being very, feeling very confident and wearing my prosthetic leg to work every day and not caring, but ask me, you know, to, you know, 
put a hundred dollars in my savings account. I'm just like, whoa, I don't know. Yeah. So I wanted to bring up like the skills that translate over because I think we all sometimes neglect like all the skills we've accumulated up until this point and we go on this new endeavor and we feel helpless or like we can't or we don't have the right skills, but yet our entire lives have led up to this moment for a reason. So can you specifically define like even two or three different skills or things that you've learned from the past that are now translating into what you were doing with building a community, with building out a brand? Well, I mentioned one already, which is being open to opportunity. And that really, that was one of the first ones that I learned and the one that has been very consistent throughout my life, which is even if I don't know if I can do it or I feel like I'm going to fail, the fact of the matter is, is nobody else knows what they're doing either. And just by the mere fact of putting myself out there and being willing to learn rather than trying to pretend like I already know what I'm doing, allowed opportunities for success and, and being recognized for that success, like, like doing things that everyone else is just get too scared to do. Um, that's been consistent throughout, throughout my life, um, especially in the army. And from that point on, another one is a little bit it's a little bit different. And it's that I love aesthetics, right? I love clothes. I love decor. I love art and all of its forms. I remember when I first started to, you know, I got my first place and I was trying to decorate it. I defined everything. Like it has to be this color or this color. And I wouldn't buy anything that wasn't that color, even though I'm finding things that I loved and I would not buy them. I'm like, it doesn't fit this frame. You know, my vision never came to fruition. I never got, you know, fun stuff in my place. And finally, I just gave up. I was like, I'm just going to buy stuff I like. And as it turns out, if you like it, if you are drawn to it, it automatically fits in your picture because you are the guiding force. You are what ties it together. If you're consistent, then the choices that you make will support, will build and support that final vision. And then I guess another skill that I learned, I know I've talked about a few with you. There, I've had some pretty profound, I feel like, realizations in our time together, but I can't, I can't remember any off the top of my head. Yeah, I was thinking back, there were a few moments of just realizing how much potential there was to expand your vision, but in like small little increments, like we talked about like the kiosks or like the sidewalk um, shops. So maybe talk a little bit about how that is. It wasn't like initially your vision, but like that unfolding allowed you to see like more possibility. I think what you're talking about is how uncomfortable I was with the idea. I didn't immediately when Rachel and I start talking, she's like, well, what about, you know, marrying these two ideas? I'm like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Very strong aversion, but I'm, I'm open. So, you know, I still kind of thought about it and then I would, you know, let myself kind of get excited about it, but not talk about it with anybody. On a weekend I was walking and there were like some sidewalk shops and there was a woman who had this really cool, like handmade jewelry. And she told me how she just kind of like very similar to my journey. You know, she just kind of did it. Her friends told her, maybe you should sell this. She was like, no, but then here she is sitting right in front of me doing what she loves with these very strong, supportive messages attached to it. She's just like me. And um, so I got to talking to her and I, you know, it was my first time kind of like pitching it, like letting it outside of my heart, letting it outside of my mind. And I said, well, you know, I was thinking about my idea is having a shop where a collection of shoes and outfits for female women amputees that, so it's kind of curated so that you already know that that works 
with your prosthetic because I've already tested it out and I've done so many things. But then also just for women in general who like an expanded or expanded idea of beauty um, and, and, and confidence and the confidence that comes from that. So anyway, I, you know, I pitched this to her. I just tell her about it. She goes, that is amazing. You should sign up for this shop. Also, I'm part of all these disability groups and I know the women in my groups would really love to hear about that. It's a, it's a common conversation that we're having. And that in, in essence is what I'm trying to cultivate are those, those conversations that we're having with each other. We're not, always sharing they're in these silos and if we can if we can start to be more comfortable talking about those things and maybe and maybe it just start with like a really simple compliment but I think it opens the doors to share that only women have I I know for one I would benefit immensely from that and I know there's a lot of other women who would too so anyway I went from telling Rachel no to hey you know maybe I can start with a sidewalk shop and see how that goes and then from there I can you know determine what might go in an online shop and then but really the message being that kind of confidence to compliment Mm -hmm. and to share like sharing that part of your journey and even what in our discussions, like, you know, it could start with stickers. It could start with so something so tiny and so like seemingly insignificant, but it just builds, you know, from there. And it's doing exactly what your impact is, right? Which is sharing the journey, which is sharing and communicating in a larger sense, your vision and how that could look is going to continue to ebb and flow and change. So, mm. I love all of that. And I hear you all the time. I was up in the mountains this weekend. I'm going into these little shops, these little mountain shops. And immediately my friend is like, Ooh, I want that sticker. Like the shop had the sticker and it was, it was a great, I, it was a great logo. And you know, cause I'm always lo- looking at, I'm always had Rachel in the back of my mind. <laughs> I was like, that's what she's talking about. You don't have to sell the item. It's the idea and it's being open as, as the person who wants to cultivate that it's being open to that idea. And it comes in increments, right? Like at first I was like, no Rachel. And then I talked to someone and then with each realization that wait, the universe is, is responding to this. Um, I see elements of, of this actually happening. I open up a little bit more and a little bit more. And I see a little bit more. I see a little bit more as time goes on. See a little bit more opportunity. Like I see the opportunities more and more. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens typically when you're sharing and when, when you are truly um, being open to, to that narrative. So that's beautiful. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about things that scare you about money. So (laughs) this is always a fun one because we all have fears with money. There's so many fears with money, but if you could put just one thing on the table of what scares you about money or even used to scare you and doesn't scare you anymore. I would say it's that money would change me and that I would become less empathetic, that it would become the more important thing in my life. That's what I'm scared of the most. And it's taken some time and I I don't think I'm quite there, completely there yet, but I'm starting to realize that it's not necessarily a, an exchange, a value of money exchange. It's, it's also like a power exchange. So I can, you know, commit my power to this vision that I have of creating 
contributing to a better world. And, and that would relieve my anxiety about money controlling me. I'm still controlling the money as well as having fun with it. The same way that I do like with triathlon, right? Like I know, I don't think I'm going to be good at this, but let me try it. Let me see. And then there's a few failures, but there's in triathlon those huge gains. I made my first time, um, my first kind of like competition time. I made, I didn't think I was, I honestly, and nobody else thought I would either. And I made it well into, into that time. So I know that if I give myself the permission, I'm going to be okay. The fact is, is I'm going to be okay. For every small loss, there will be a big gain. What I'm hearing you describe is when you focus on the impact, when you sit in the love and the joy and the passion of the impact you're creating, what's really happening even energetically is as a subsidiary of that money flows through. So I want to make that clear for everyone because sometimes we miss that connection of there's definitely in our society, our very masculine society, this money drive and motivation And that's at a much lower energetic level than if we're coming at our motivations from an impact standpoint. So that's why it's so important for me to share with all of you that that's where we get to go, right? That life purpose, that passion, that love and zest for creating a thriving life for yourself and those around you is the focus. And the money strategy comes alongside of that, right? So not to be afraid of it, not to worry about it, but allow it in. And that's kind of the next step is allowing those money opportunities to come to you because your focus is not on the money. It's on the impact specifically. So thank you for sharing that. That's, um, I know that resonates with a lot of people um, in our community. With that, I want to talk about what projects you're working on now and what would you like others to know about those projects? Is there anything that you would want support on? Definitely. I'm in the building stages of my vision of my passion project. I do have connections with some of the female amputee communities. I would like to hear more stories. I would like to be the bridge. I would like to be the bridge in those conversations between people who have this love and appreciation in their heart and are just not quite sure how to express it um, in the right way. And so then they don't for fear of doing the wrong thing or whatnot. So if anyone has specific situations, if I see something I like, I have no qualms. So I don't know what it feels like on the other end to, to really hesitate in that way. So if anyone has any situations to share where they were able to share a compliment and it went over really well or surprisingly well, even like I didn't know how this was going to get received, but it seemed to, to really resonate or one where they shared a, a compliment or an observation and, you know, it didn't go over so well, or they just decided not to, um, as well as any, if anyone has any guidance to offer how this project could, could expand or be stronger or, um, any skills that I might benefit from, um, That would be incredible. And just having a similar community of women who are all focused on one improvement, whether it's for themselves or the world around them or their families or their situation or whatever it is, and that they are their doers. So if you're in this group, 
you're all, I already know that you're a doer and you're someone who um, wants to do it right. So just being part of that community right now is really, really helpful knowing that there's other people out there like me. And I agree. I think there's a lot of women in this community that, you know, something will spark them in reaching out to you and supporting in some way, shape or form. So with that, where can people connect with you? I think the best way would be uh, either through email or through Facebook. I'm, I'm on those pretty often. It's Anna, A-N-A dot Mancias, spelled M as in Mike, A-N as in Nancy, C as in Charlie, I-A-Z at gmail.com. I'm like the only Anna Mancias that's yeah. missing a leg <laughs> on Facebook, so you'll find me. <laughs> yeah. And she's in the Her Money Club, so you can find her in there as well, easily. <laughs> and I'll post um, at the bottom of the video uh, the email and then also just tag you in it so people can easily find you. And that's a wrap. So um, thank you so much for taking the time today and sharing your incredible story. And we're all excited to see how this journey goes for you. So thank you. Thank you.